0: Peggy Hoyt.
1: Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Bryan, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet And we also provide trustee services. You can learn more at actforpets.org. Today, our special guest on All My Children Wear Fur Coats is Toby Wisneski. She's the CEO and founder of Leave No Paws Behind.
2: Welcome to the show, Toby. Uh, Hi, Peggy. It's nice to be here.
1: Oh, it's so great to have you. I'm very excited to tell people about your organization called Leave No Paws Behind, which you founded in June of 2011. And you wanted to make a difference in the lives of senior animals who had been abandoned in shelters. And based on our conversations, I can tell that you do have a soft spot in your heart for aging animals who, after living so many years with the only humans they ever loved, suddenly find themselves abandoned and left to die on a cold shelter floor, alone and wondering. Your goals are a lot like mine, Toby. I don't want that to happen to any animal. But you know from being a human mommy to a beautiful senior dog of 13 years that you could not believe the number of senior pets that found themselves suddenly in peril at a time when they needed their humans most. And Toby had a dream that one day she would be able to help pets stay out of shelters and in their loving homes by finding a way to provide excellent medical care at low cost for families who are in need. In May of 2020, her dream became a reality pause behind newest program, the People Helping People Helping Paws, People Helping People Helping Paws, low cost veterinary hospital located in West Covina, California. And keeping true to her mission, Toby believes that no human should ever have to choose between life and death for their loved pet due to the lack of funds for medical care. And although Toby is now retired, she continues to remain active in the world of rescue and time goes flying by and she can't believe that she's been doing this for 11 years already. Mm. And thank you for that, Toby. And we're, we're looking forward to learning a lot more and um, I know that you just told me the wonderful story of um, some dogs that helped you get started on this mission, but tell us about the golden retriever that really was the one that set your mission in stone for you.
2: Well, uh, sir, sure, sure. His name was Colby and, and I will always remember him, always. Um, it was in March of, of 2012. Prior to that, I wasn't We weren't really sure, I wasn't really sure what we were going to do because we just got started, so we would help other organizations raise money and help them rescue some animals. But in March, I was on uh, Facebook and I came across a picture of a golden retriever that was wrapped in a sheet, and the shelter was saying they were going to euthanize him because um, he was very sick. And it just it just ripped at my heart and and because he reminded me of my alley. Uh, and I said, Oh, my God, I, I just I just can't let that happen. I, I can't let that happen. And so I moved heaven and earth pulled a couple of strings. And I was able to actually we were able to actually rescue Kobe. And um, when we got him to the vet, I mean, he couldn't move. Uh, he was skin and bones. And our, our vet came out and, you know, he had tears in his eyes. He had run his his hand. You know, down Colby's. You know, and and he said sadly. I said, he said, you know, this dog is dying, and he has cancer, and there's nothing we can do. And and I was pretty devastated. Um, they also, I, I forgot to say this. They also said in that shelter that he was pretty aggressive. Well, he didn't have one aggressive bone in his body. You know, by the, by the time we got him, and um, the doctor went in to to get. He wasn't going to have us move in because uh, Kobe was pretty comfortable laying there. And, and uh, he went in to get his, you know, euthanasia, drugs and medicine, and he was going to come back out. And I started talking to Colby and I started caressing, caressing his his fur. And and, you know, I could see his eyes were searching all over the place. And as I was talking to him, I said, I know I'm not the one you're looking for. You know, I said, but I'm here. I'm here and, and I want you to know that you're loved and that you're not alone. And, uh, you know, and as it's, it's okay. It, it, it'll it be safe. You know, you're you're safe now. And with that, he took his paw and because I had my hands down there and he took his paw and he placed it in my hand and he looked at me and he took his last breath. I mean, he didn't even last until the doctor came back out and I, I thought to myself through a river of tears of course that he must have felt safe he must have felt safe enough to let go um and it was at that moment that instant that I knew exactly what our mission was going to be and uh, and I promised him that his death was not going to be in vain and that you know I was we were going to make sure that no senior animal, if at all possible, you know, was going to be left to die alone and wander wandering on a cold shelter floor. I wanted them to know that their life mattered and how much they were loved. And I never looked back. I never looked back. And and and, you know, 11 years later, going on 12, you know, uh, we. that's what we continue to do.
1: Well, thank you so much for doing that. Um. It's it's a tremendous mission, and I'm glad that he was able to uh, shine that light that day um, to give you that, uh, just that feeling of knowing exactly what you need to do and what your purpose is. And since then, you've done so much for so many. Do you have any idea, Toby, how many animals you've been able to help in your 11 years?
2: It's been well over a thousand. Um uh you know uh we in i think in 2010 we were at like 700 you know i remember when we when we pulled our 700 animal and and um uh, you know i mean we do it one set of paws we would do it one set of paws at a time make sure that they were taken care of and then move on and get the next one because we never boarded an animal because that isn't that's not a life for them especially a senior you know you bring them out we wanted to place them in loving homes and, uh, you know, and it didn't matter to me whether they had a day, an hour, a week, a month or a year. You know, what mattered to me most was that in the end, they were going to know that they were loved and that their life mattered, you know, and that they weren't going to be alone. So, uh, you know, and, and we continue to go forward. And and it wasn't just just uh, senior dogs. We've also, you know, rescued several, several um, senior cats as well. Um you know, that were in shelters and that were really destined, doomed to die and, and had a lot of medical issues. Um so it, it it's just been I, I have to tell you, when I started doing this, it, it's <laughs> it's the most difficult work I've ever done. Uh you know, I I uh, uh and yet it's the most rewarding. It's the worst rewarding every night. You know, I would sleep very well knowing that, that, you know, I was able to help as heartbreaking as it could, as it was, you know, to do this, this type of work with senior medical dogs. um, It was the most rewarding work, you know, and, and I just, like I said, I I don't know where 11 years have gone, you know, we're, we're going on 12 years soon and, uh, but we just keep going, you know, there, there's always going to be one more, one more. There you is know.
1: always going to be one more and I'm glad yeah. that you didn't let your heart get broken to the point where you couldn't say there's always room for one more.
2: It almost happened. You know, it almost happened with my the death of my golden retriever, Allie. Um, but I was absolutely devastated when I lost her. Um, she had been my constant companion for 13 years and and I didn't think I would be able to do it. I didn't think I would be able to say goodbye to one more animal or do one more thing. But um, as time went on, not a lot of time, I didn't take a big break because uh, I would keep looking and, and people would keep sending me animals in need. And, you know, I finally came to the conclusion that Allie wouldn't want me to stop. Allie would want me to keep going. And that I always know that Allie's sitting right there. You know, she's looking right at right over me. And saying, good job, mom, good job, keep going. You know, I'm here, I'm always here. So I keep so do going. You,
1: yeah, I am so glad to, Toby. And do you feel like that many of these dogs end up in shelters because their pet parents don't have the resources to provide for their medical care?
2: I do now. Um, you, know, I, you know, a lot of people will say, how could people do that? How could they do that? Okay, but I would see the animals that we would rescue, and 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 you could tell, you could tell, you can just tell that an animal's been loved. You know, I mean, you can by by their demeanor. Uh, I'm not saying all people. Some that we rescued, you know, those people should never have another dog again. But the majority of them, I I started to think, I don't think all people are bad. I think they just can't afford the medical care, uh, you know, the cost of medical care. And and they think that by surrendering to the shelter, the shelter's gonna help, you know, or that somebody's gonna help. And what people don't realize is that uh nine times out of ten, when shelters are overcrowded, uh, which of course we saw all through the COVID pandemic, um, the first ones that are gonna go and get euthanized are the older dogs, the senior dogs and those with medical needs. Um So I I just kept thinking, I mean, Rambo's case was a perfect example. You know, he came from a family that loved him. They had him for nine years, you know, and and here he uh, he had this this incurable. It it was an incurable disease. And he did have medical records showing that he went to to, you know, get care and get tests. But, you know, he just couldn't afford it. So uh, he had to surrender him, you know, to be euthanized. So. You know, no, I, I don't think everybody's bad. I don't. I, I think that and, and I knew at some point this was early on some point I was going to try to find a way to help those people, you know, because um, I, I do. I, I don't believe that that any pet parent ever should ever have to make the choice between life and death for for their animal because of lack of funds. And if I can just share very quickly, it, it happened to me Um I had a little dog named Chauncey and he needed to have his gallbladder removed. Well, my vet sent me to a a specialist and I will, I never forgot this. I I went there and uh, you know, he looked at him and he said, yes, he said, it's going to cost you between eight and $10,000 for the surgery. Now I stepped back and make no mistake. I, I could have afforded it. Okay. I could have found a way, but I stepped back for a minute and I looked at him and I said, What happens if I don't have that kind of money? And he looked me straight in the eye. He never blinked. And he said, then I would recommend that you put the dog to sleep. And again, just like Colby did many years prior, the light bulb went off. And I said to myself, if I'm being told this, imagine, imagine the people that are being told this and, and and don't have a way out, don't know that there's help, don't know that there's any options. You know, imagine what they're going through. And uh, and that's when it dawned on me that, well, they're either ending up in a shelter, you know, hoping that the shelter can help, or they're putting the dogs to sleep. And uh, at, at that, that story turned out, I went back to my vet and told her and my vet agreed to do the surgery and it only cost $2,500. So. so oh,
1: wow well that yeah yes but sometimes I can see how that would be daunting to somebody to think that you know they might spend eight or ten thousand dollars that they don't necessarily have for an uncertain outcome
2: they exactly. don't know
1: if it's going to be the answer
2: either exactly exactly so uh, like I said then I knew I, I knew that I had to do something I was going to try to find a way to help people that uh you know to help them with their animals and and uh, so that they didn't have to make that choice you know and that we could have affordable costs and we could do this and hence the the leave no balls behind veterinary clinic was born and I remember when I started it I remember telling I, I pulled a group of, of uh you know we pulled I pulled a committee together and I told them my ideas and I got these pats on the head yeah yeah go ahead good idea good idea and then they actually started seeing me go into motion, you know, uh, and I, they saw me starting getting permits and starting getting this and looking at equipment. And they thought to themselves, my God, she's really going to do this, you know? And, uh, it took almost two years to get it all complete, but I never once faltered. I mean, there were moments where I thought, oh, what am I getting into? What am I doing here? You know, and, uh. But I kept again, I kept plowing through and saying people are going to need help. And ironically enough, we were scheduled to open in uh, March of 2020. And that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly when the covid lockdown came. Yeah. Uh, So uh, it it didn't really it wasn't really going to interfere, stop us because we were considered an essential business. But it stopped us in a sense because we were at the very end of putting the finishing touches on it stopped us in the end that the construction people couldn't come, you know, and, and whatever and and you know we kept hitting kept hitting roadblocks, but I kept on towering through saying there has to be a way and we finally were able to open our doors in May, and I knew it was important to keep going forward because that was a time that people were going to need us the most. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely they weren't being employed. They, you know, they were being let go. People couldn't go to work. Um, So, yeah. So we opened our doors in May of 2020. And again, I never looked back. Um, What's the
1: most common type of case you think you see in your clinic? uh,
2: The most common ones. Well, we're open to the public. Okay. Okay. We're open to the public. We do, uh, we do uh, uh, of course, you know, we have a low income program and forms that they have to fill out. So, uh, you know, that that's our main purpose. You know, our, our low costs are, are our low costs. So the general public can also, you know, come in and get great great medical care at, at very low cost. Um, but some of the ones we see, and and I told my staff when I was hiring them, I, I had to make sure they believed in our mission. And I said, you know, I said, you're gonna see animals come through here like animals you've never seen before. I said, outside of the ones we rescue, I said, uh, you know, they're going to come in and the owner's probably going to bring them in and they're going to have nails that are ingrown and overgrown and and fur, fur that is matted and and skin diseases and ears. I said, and they're probably going to feel kind of guilty and kind of bad. I said, but I said, you are to make absolutely no judgment. I said, because remember, for the first time, a lot of these people feel there's hope. And they can come in and they can get finally get their animals the medical care they need. So I said, you're just to take that animal, you know, and reassure they're human. It's OK. We're going to go get them all fixed up. We're going to give them a pedicure. We're going to, you know, give them a haircut. We're going to wash them up, get them some good medicine. And uh, and they, like I said, they had to believe in that mission because, uh, you know, we're, we were opening our doors to. you know those that normally would have had to go probably um place their dogs in a shelter and we would have ended up rescuing right right conditions so
1: yeah um, so for every dog you keep out of the shelter that's uh room for one more one
2: less that's right that's room for one more it's one less dog that's in the shelter and and um we've seen a couple of cases emergency cases actually where uh you know people have come in we had one i'll never forget this he had a lab and uh, his lab got into some poison on somebody's lawn, mm. and he, couldn't, he, he went to a, an emergency ER, and they were quoting him $12,000 um, for the care, and he was just beside himself, and somebody had mentioned to him, why don't you try leaving the pause behind, you know, and of course, he did that very same day, and, and I remember calling our vet, and she said, uh, you know, she said, we're kind of booked. She said, but you know what? You tell him to bring him in because if we don't bring him in, he's going to die. The dog's okay. going to die. So, um, you know, so we brought him in and and I remember talking to her and she told me, I, I've never done a case like this. She says, but you know what? I'm, I got my book open and I'm willing to try, you know, because the dog's life depends on it. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, 24 hours later and and there's the video, we posted the video. That dog came bouncing out into his oh, home He was hugging him. Everybody was in tears. And and we did all of that, all of that for for under $2,500. Oh, wow. And, and we were able to raise some money to help him. Uh, and uh, and we got it done. You know, we had another that came in with a tennis ball that was in its belly. Yikes. So, and same thing. They reported yeah. eight, $10,000. $10, that dog walked out 24 hours later you know, we were able to help and, and there's just so many. And as I kept going along, because I'm always looking for ways, new ways to help people. Sure. You noticed that we were getting a lot of, of um, people that, that had orthopedic issues with their dogs, well, we couldn't help because, you know, we didn't have that kind of skill. So I, I kept searching around and I said, surely if you can get a relief vet, I wonder if there's a possibility, if you can get a relief orthopedic surgeon, you know, mobile, you know, that comes around. And sure enough, after I did my research, I found out you could and we did. And uh, he absolutely loves our mission. So he gives us a discount as a nonprofit and we move forward and and give that discount to to, uh, you know, our clients. So so surgeries that they have been quoted, you know, between and it goes anywhere upwards from from, you know, eight. It's never lower than eight. Right. You know, eight to eight to fourteen thousand dollars come in and get this all done for, for you know, twenty five to three thousand dollars.
1: That's that's tremendous. Well, and I know your organization's been uh, recognized by a number of other organizations for the good work that you do, including uh, the uh, uh, Giving Tuesday Second Place National Award, the Animal Heroes Hall of Fame. Um, what other kinds of uh, accolades have you gotten?
2: Uh, in 2021, we were awarded with the uh, it's called the Synchrony Pillar Project, and uh, and I remember when when they called to do an interview with me uh, when they were you know trying to find the candidates, um, and I thought to myself when I was done, Ugh, I really flubbed that, you know, I just flubbed that. There's no chance, and then. You know, about a month or two later, I get this phone call and it's from the gentleman that had actually interviewed me, who I thought I flubbed with. And he said, I want to take this moment to congratulate you. He said, you are one of the 10, you know, the, I think there's 20, 10 or 20. You are one of the the 2021 Synchrony Pillar Projects winners. And I just broke down in tears. I I just couldn't believe it. I was very humbled and very grateful. And, and uh, it was for the work that I had done. We're opening up the clinic and, uh, you know, for, for powering through COVID and, and for the, all the assistance that we were, um, you know, giving to low income families and, and some no income families, uh, you know, and, and I was just so honored and, and, uh, they recently, you know, we did a video at the beginning of this year and it recently got released and it's on our Facebook, uh, it's on our Facebook page. And, and again, I was just, I was just thrilled, absolutely thrilled. And we also, we received a $10,000 grant that went with that to go towards our, our, uh, you know, helping people, you know, at the clinic. So.
1: That's tremendous. Well, and I do want folks to be able to go to your Facebook page at leave no pause And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you're on social media as well.
2: Yes. Yes, we are on Facebook. Uh, you know, leave no pause behind. We are on Instagram, leave no pause behind. Um, our website is leave no behind dot org, and our veterinary clinic is the leave no pause behind vet clinic. Uh, you know, so uh, so yes, we're we're kind of all over, and and you know, it, it's. Uh, I will tell you this: it's it's very difficult for me to accept accolades. Um, it is, and 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 I'm very kind of low key because. You know I do what I do for them, you know, I do what I do for the animals and 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 the families and 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 you know I cry with the families and and I had, we actually had one person um, her dog had gotten out and a good Sam had found her dog, but the dog was lying in the gutter and it was hit by a car. and um, I became aware of her plight and uh, and I, I contacted her and she said, again, it's the same story. You know, eight to to ten thousand, you know, and she just didn't have the money, and she was willing to surrender her animal to me, uh, to leave my no pause behind, so that the animal, and through tears, all this was happening, right? Uh, you know, so that the dog could get help, and I, I said to her, I said, you don't have to give me your dog. I said, I don't want your dog. I said, I want to help you help your dog, and I want your dog to be able to go home when we're done, you know, taking care of it. Well. You know, that's that started the floodgates with her and me and just, you know, everybody else. So, of course, we brought the dog in and we had the orthopedic surgeon at the time. So uh, that dog today, she she still stays in touch with me and sends me the videos, the cutest little dog.
1: Oh, that's Run a around, great story. Running
2: around like like nothing ever happened. You know, uh, we had yeah. another one that his jaw, you know, his jaw had gotten broken. He had gotten attacked by a big dog. And same thing. But, you know, it's most rescues, you know, they will have they will have you surrender their dog to them before they will start taking care of them. Well, I, I, my purpose has always been to keep them at home.
1: Right. You know? That's right. They're
2: loved. You know, if if you're a loving family and you truly love your animal, I don't want your animal. You know, right. I just want to help you fix your animal so that I can send it back home to you. So, um, you know, there, there's so many rewarding stories like that. and and you know, it just continues to, to just, I don't know. It makes me feel good. It makes them feel good. And, and the animal is the, the animals the were, you know, the real winner at the end of the day, you know, because they get get fixed and and they get home, they get to go home. And, and we've done a little shelter intervention there and, you know, it didn't land up there and it gets to stay home, you know, so how can
1: our listeners help Toby? What can they do to help you?
2: Uh, they can donate, okay. uh, you know, we, we, uh, they can donate at Leave no uh, and, uh, at our donate site. And, and uh, we're going to be putting up an Amazon list soon because, you know, we need supplies, you know, and things like that. And, uh, and uh, I, you know, at the end of last year, we had 49 dogs still in foster care, what we called forever foster care, where well, these were animals, Peggy, that, that seriously, they, we rescued them all as hospice you know, they, they had a lifespan of maybe lasting three to six months, (laughs) years had gone by and they were still living. They were loving their life and we continue to take care of their, their medical. So right before Christmas, uh, I asked them all, would you like to adopt, you know, to adopt your dog and make it a permanent member of your family and leave no pause behind. We'll continue to provide lifelong medical care. And, uh, and, 49 dogs you know got adopted
1: that's a great story i love that
2: they found we had one woman uh, one of our fosters she had one of our little doggies and he had he has congestive heart failure and uh we we still were going to keep some in hospice you know and uh, he was one of them and she cried and she said her greatest you know she just loves him and she just can't she wants to be his mommy if anything happens so i said to her i said well here's the deal I said, Merry Christmas. I said, yes, you can adopt him. But keep in mind that we will continue to monitor his health and continue to provide all his medical care. And And that just made her holiday.
1: Yeah. You know, oh, my gosh. Yes.
2: And so a yes. lot of these are still going.
1: <laughs> that, still- those are great stories. Yeah. All they needed was a little medical care and a lot of love. Right. Uh,
2: and And nine times out of ten. It, seriously a, a little bit of medical care and a nice you know home and 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 they're good to go you know they're good to go so uh
1: so so important
2: you know some of them like i said that's that's not the case with with most of them last uh I, you know i lost rambo last year um and i was absolutely devastated just i i that one really broke my heart too after four years with him um and and I just, I went into, a uh, I wouldn't call it a depression, but I went into a, a state of, of I just didn't want to get out of bed. I was so devastated by his loss. And then I came across a, a little dog's picture, and in the shelter, his name was Henry. And they had just got him in, and, and you couldn't see any visible, anything visibly wrong with him. Uh, they were saying that it was a possible bite, you know, possible uh, bite wound or, or something but there was just a look in this dog's eyes. They were so sad. And I said, okay, we got to go get him. I got to see if we can get him because he was scheduled to be euthanized because they couldn't take care of him. Uh Well, come to find out, they did learn who their, who their owner, who his owners were and uh, found out that his name was Simba. And uh, by the time we got Simba to the vet and our doctor, and I remember her sending me the picture. She said, I don't know how to tell you this. And I said, Well, what? She said, Well, this dog, it wasn't a dog fight. She said, Somebody took a knife, sliced him right down oh. the neck. They hung him and choked him because his his eye, his eye things were popping out. And then she showed me the insides of his thighs, and you could still see the boot mark from being kicked. And he had he had five broken ribs.
1: Oh my God.
2: And I honestly, I honestly didn't think this little dog was going to make it. I didn't, you know, uh, but, but you know what? He did. And, uh, and uh, we, we got through the recovery. I brought him home as a, to foster him. And I brought him home and he, from the day after his surgery, the dog, this dog has never stopped wagging his tail. And, and to look at Simba today, a year later, you would never know it was the same dog. He dances. I do these little videos where he does his dance. We call it the Simba Samba. Um, and, and he's just the happiest dog. And this is a dog, seriously, that had no reason to ever trust another human being in his oh, life. Oh,
1: absolutely.
2: I mean, never. Seriously. And, and I look at him today and I still say, you're a much better human being than I would ever be. You know, because, uh, you know, they they just uh, the forgiveness and the love he has to give. And and uh, and he's just a happy little camper. And I, he must have known that we were there to help him. You know, he was um, a
1: miracle. That was for sure. He,
2: he, he was truly a miracle. He was. And, and I've got to tell you, he's the cutest little dog. And he filled a hole in my heart that that I didn't think was going to be able to be filled, you know, after I lost Rambo.
1: Right. And then I finally,
2: then I finally re- realized that that Rambo sent him to me and said, you know, he needs you, you need him, you know? Uh, and again, the rest was history and you would never know that there was anything wrong with this dog. Now. I mean, his, everything healed up, uh, you know, his ribs. Uh, and like I said, he's just one of the happiest little dogs and, and he dances and he jumps and he, he has so much love to give. And, and, uh, you know he needed a little bit more than just a little bit medical care yeah but,
1: but he needed a lot of love
2: but he needed a lot of love and and uh and you know and he's healed and he healed you know I, it's that age-old story Peggy who rescued who right. you know he rescued me I rescued him we were there in each other's lives at a time when we needed somebody and uh and we got through it and uh yeah just uh so like I said we we have seen so I have seen so many things that, that really could turn your stomach. Um, and like I said, there are people that really should never be allowed to have an animal in their Agreed. agreed.
1: Um,
2: it, you know, but, but for the most part, like I said, the majority of them are, are coming from homes where they just don't know what to do. And I think the kindest thing to do is to put them in a shelter. In and what that- do we
1: say? There's no such thing as a bad dog or a bad cat. There's just bad That's people. Right. Right.
2: That's right. Yeah, so, so. And yeah. they're like family, you know, they are family. They know? are. Like,
1: absolutely.
2: You know? and, and when you grieve them, I mean, we've had we've had several, you know, people come on to we do our own podcast to talk about, you know, grieving and the loss. And, and you know, sometimes it's it's more heartbreaking than losing a family member because these are animals that are with you 24 seven, you know, unconditional. and And when you feel that loss. You know, it's a big part of your heart goes, and and you think you're never going to be able to to love another animal, you know. But you do, and you can, and and your animal would want you to, you know. It's like absolutely, they'd
1: want you to save as many as you possibly can. They do,
2: they do. They they want you. You have so much love to give, you know that that you know, and they're they're out there, you know, and and they need your love and and to to really to take on a senior. Uh, a senior animal. And, and, you know, I commend our our fosters that have done this because you take them on knowing that they're not going to have a long life. I have
1: fostered and adopted a few seniors in my life and they are some of the best relationships you could (laughs) ever have.
2: Aren't they? They sure are, you know.
1: And Um, every one of them I remember fondly.
2: Right, right sassy
1: prince charles we yeah lots of wonderful (laughs) animals and just so happy to have been a part of their lives for even if it was just a minute right
2: and i always tell people i say you know what if it is true that they they only live in the present i said then they've known all their life that they've been loved and you know forget the bad you know and and uh you know, I, I used to say to them, I used to look at them and say, gosh, I wish you could talk and tell me. And then I'd say, you know, I take that back. I said, because we probably as human beings would not be able to handle it. You know, like Simba, I had never been able to, to just the thought of what happened to him.
1: Right, of course. You
2: know, to, for them to actually be able to talk and tell us, I don't know that I could ever do that. I could yeah. ever just,
1: oh, you know, and,
2: and like I said, then yet you have an animal that, that's, you know, many animals, uh, no reason to ever trust uh, anybody ever again. And and they they just are so grateful, you know, for their gift of life and that they're feeling good and they just keep going on. We learn a lot. You can learn a lot from your animals. You know, um, I always tell them, though, I said, you know, I, I I'm not that perfect person that you all believe me to be. I said, but I'm a much better person because, you know, because of you. I yes. tell that somebody. And because they
1: believe that. That's right.
2: Yes. Yes. You know, so. Well,
1: thank you, Toby, to you and to your team and to everybody at Leave No Pause Behind for all the wonderful things that you're doing and for sharing in our common mission, which is keeping loved pets in loving homes. And I want to share with our listeners my personal motto, which is until there are none, please adopt one. And thank you. Please donate to Leave No Paws Behind. Do what you can. Like them on Facebook and Instagram and follow them on social media. And thank you for sharing with us today. And we hope that you'll join us each and every week here on All My Children Wear Fur Coats. And don't forget to get your pet a pet trust so that your pet can remain a loved pet in a loving home. And check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we'll see you next time. Happy tails.
0: Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet.